Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Rees, and this here is Marit Larwood. Marit, hello. Hello, David. My name is Marit Larwood, and this here is David Reed. Hello. Welcome to Film Fandango, a weekly discussion of films. My name is Marit Larwood. And I'm David Reed, and this is the Film Fandango podcast. If you like films, you've come to the right place. Because my name is Marit Larwood. And I am David Reed. Good night. <laughs> that was a perfect podcast. That was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it was punchy. It, it didn't overstay its welcome. It gave out the, inf- the information. <laughs> the important information um, that people need. Um, this is a... September. This is September. It's September and it's muggy and oppressive. It's very uh, muggy indeed. I have been, uh, I can't spoiler it, but I've been filming an episode of a murder mystery uh, programme in a very insecty field. When you were reading the script, did you work out who was murdered before the end? Uh, Who was murdered before the end? No. Yeah, you find out who was murdered quite... The murderer. The murderer. No, it was a surprise. It was a surprise. Um... Who do you play, can you say? I, I can tell you I play a young barrister named Giles Foster in the 1950s. It's in the 1950s. You should speak in this sort of voice. I spoke in this kind of voice. This is a, I'll take the case on. I'll take the case on and by George I'll win it. Is it that level of acting? That level, yeah, I put in that much effort. <laughs> I do high a voice. Le- high level. High level acting. My God. Did you have to say that you were sort of uh, you can go up to level eight or nine at acting? Yeah, the director goes dial it back to six. That was a bit much. I um, uh, sent off an audition tape this morning for a play. Uh, yes, I am an actor, and that is probably my third audition for the year. And at the start, I put uh, in text Merritt and if I put level two actor. <laughs> <laughs> Are you using Dungeons and Dragons terminology there? Yes, yes. yes. So you're very early stages. Really actor. bad. I yeah, yeah. Only, and I, and you can't even use the top tier armors or anything yet. Towards the end of the tape, um, I, I filmed it because if you don't, sometimes you get asked to send in audition tapes. And I couldn't even understand what I was saying, <laughs> but I still <laughs> watched it. Back. I was slurring nope. so much. Can I bother to press? Ah, uh, just I won't send it. Right. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good. Uh, it's not good, but it's all right. I tell you what is good. What's that? Well, I don't know if he's actually good today. This regular listeners 
dwindling numbers of regular listeners will know from last week's episode that this is the Beastmaster Special. So, numbers are expected to be down. <laughs> I mean, Beastmaster really isn't a popular film. So, I, the reason this came about is that uh, I've talked about it for quite some time because it's a film that I love from my childhood and Marek had never seen it. So, it was Marek's suggestion that we do a Beastmaster special and watch both both The Beastmaster from 1982 and the sequel, uh, The Beastmaster colon Through the Portal of Time. Which came around in the nineties in some like ninety two or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget um, when it was. Beastmaster, so look, was the most. I think it's been quoted in popular culture. You've probably read this. It was the second most screened film on an, an American. That's right. Network. In fact, to the point that uh, before they uh, started doing uh, things like Game of Thrones, HBO, the channel was uh, known as hey Beastmaster's on because <laughs> it was on so often Beastmaster 2 is 1991 right okay 91 that's a hell of a gap between the two but we're going to talk about these films today um, but possibly yeah. the most mental double bill of two that you could ever watch it's incredible isn't it and even though they're supposed to be from the same franchise well, let's but, talk about number. Should we talk about number one first? Of we all? will. We will. Now, number one, I've seen many, many, many times. I, uh, you know, it is etched into my psyche, and I, uh, rewatching it as a thirty-four-year-old man, it's I. I thought, oh god, this is going to be embarrassing if I rewatch this, and actually, it no longer moves me, and I find it all a bit awkward because it's been a while since I've watched it again. Except, nope, love it, <laughs> love it. Can you explain the plot to someone? Who, why, what the rough plot is, and why someone should watch Beastmaster. Okay, this... Sorry, The Beastmaster. The Beastmaster. Uh, This is a high fantasy in terms of Lord of the Rings-style stuff, but in in a world where... Filmed during a time when we didn't yet have Lord of the Rings or anyone had really done it justice. It was a B-movie genre, basically. And... This is about uh, a young boy called Dar, who is, he turns out to, it's shown in the pre-title sequence that he's actually the unborn child of the king who's ripped out of his mother's belly and branded by a witch and then rescued by a peasant farmer and then brought up by the farmer. But he, for reasons we'll get to, uh, has... Uh, an incredible ability to communicate with the minds of creatures, animals. And um, in the first 15, 20 minutes, his entire village is destroyed by barbarians and he seeks vengeance and picks up a band of animal helpers along the way. I'd say in the first 40 minutes. I mean, it's two hours long. It's yeah. quite... Uh... But it's a, it's a proper, you know, epic quest to both discover his... Uh, his true identity, and also seek vengeance for the death of his family. Um, and along the way, he pe- picks up a tiger uh, that they've dyed black. Um, it's not a panther, it's a tiger they dyed black for the film. A eagle and two polecats, uh, who he calls ferrets, but I think they're polecats. I think they're ferrets, aren't they? Are they ferrets? Yeah. Are ferrets bigger than polecats? Yeah, they look like ferrets to Okay, me. but they're called Kodo and Podo, and they're his thieves. Um, and uh, yes, and he then surprisingly, goes, the ferrets are probably 
the best. They're really good comedy ferrets, aren't they? But they do some good stuff as well. You'd think, oh, the ferret, what are they going to do? Eat some nuts and get in someone's pants? Well, they do a bit more than that. There's, there's, I find it a really nerve-wracking bit when one of them falls in quicksand and you go, shit, that's pretty yeah. dark. But no, it, it turns out all right. Um, and they go and try and steal some keys in a dungeon. And uh, it's, it's, yeah. What did you think of this film, Marek? I'm dying to know. Well, I, I never thought of getting ferrets before. Now It's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. As a kid, that I remember that being the thing I wanted most of all wanting to be be the Beastmaster was it wasn't having a massive tiger or a hawk for a friend it was having a satchel which had two ferrets in it yeah who were your best friends and whenever you meet anyone new you you take the ferrets out and go this is Kodo and Podo they are my friends yeah (laughs) I I bet the PR for ferrets in this film is great yeah 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 he's the number one ferret film I'd um, agree. I don't think anything comes close. Uh, what I found fascinating about this film it is quite—it's odd watching action things now. Before, and this was relatively low budget, so some of the special effects they had to find ways of getting round doing things. So when he, so there's very odd jump cuts to bits where they obviously couldn't get the tiger like, to do a certain. Oh thing, right, yeah, yeah, or yeah. When he is looking through he the eye of the eagle. Yeah. So the screen becomes some sort of weird. Uh, it's almost like nightmare. Eye. You know the yeah. TV show where there's a weird sort of golden effect in the shape, vaguely in the shape of an eye, and then you get a sort of uh, sped up helicopter shot or whatever. Um, and he can see through the eye of the eagle. But so I really like those bits. I thought they were fascinating. And I thought he... Mark Singer, he's quite... Was incredible. Special, isn't he? Because he is... I mean, if you think that young Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, which is very much a similar character mould, is cheesy in Star Wars, Mark Singer takes the Luke Skywalker mould of cheese and puts it up to 11, doesn't he? Like He's incredible. He's brilliant at it. He's amazing at it. He's just walking around in his... What a maze, just... Those, he's, his pants are the same sort of level as the guy in Poldock has his pants where it's just barely above his knackers. I love the bit where he meets the ferrets for the first time because they steal his loincloth. But it, it, it's barely clothing they're stealing. Yeah. I mean, they're basically stealing some tassels from a loincloth he's still wearing. <laughs> and he's like, hey, my tassels! I felt sorry for him. He's literally just... Walk- There's one scene where he has to put a cloak on and thought, oh, he must be relieved just yeah. to have to wear, be able to wear something. You know he's Brian Singer's cousin, the director oh, Brian really? Singer, who did the X-Men and uh, wow. Usual Suspects and all of that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're cousins. What's odd with this film is that it's for children, but there's some bits... There's some tits in there's it. There's some tits, and there's some sort of quite scary violence Yeah, yeah, well, well I rem- uh, the tits were new to me because... They must have cut that out of there. They yeah. did, yeah. out the TV edit. So there's a couple of scenes that um, I'd not seen until I was an adult because I had a VHS copy recorded off the television broadcast. Yeah. And one is uh, Tanya Roberts, who plays Kiri, the slave uh, girl, who... Later he- appears in Octopussy. That's right, yes. Um, now, am I getting this right? Originally, uh, they wanted Demi Moore. Oh, really? Yeah, but uh, the producers pushed for uh, Tanya wow. Roberts. Um, 
But she does get topless at one bit, but that's all cut out of the TV version. And then there's a extended bit where he walks through his village, and a lot of his villagers have been impaled on spikes. Yeah. And it's quite dark. Yeah. And that was cut from the TV edit as well, but everything else was in there. So, um, I mean, no spoilers, but there's there's some pretty nasty moments. There's these uh, bat people... Yeah. ...who enclose people in there. Ba- I, I saw them as sort of trench coat monsters. Yeah. Like... They they look they have faces like Deadpool or if you played the board game uh, Hero Quest in the eighties and nineties yes, they, they look like the Famiers you know yeah do you remember them maybe that's a day tradition of Hero Quest <laughs> maybe or um, the very first one no that, it's in, they're in the first one. oh okay they may have pronounced it differently because I didn't know how it was spelled but they basically enclose people in their trench coats and they go and digest them and then open them up so there's just bones and green goo yeah. A poor, I mean, this is a slight spoilers, but this poor prisoner gets freed and literally runs straight into one of them. <laughs> I mean, but do you think Dar intended that? Because he releases them, him to sort of test whether they're friendly or not, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, but there's, there's, a, there's an odd feel about it where some, it's actually quite, the witches are quite scary. They're yeah. properly scary. I found the witches properly scary, and I think it's all the scarier, especially for young kids, because they are. Highly sexualized young women, but with incredibly grotesque old faces. Yeah, and there's just that combination is just very just like. Whereas the other way round, I mean, yeah, just incredibly old women's bodies, but very young faces. That'd be good. That'd be good. Is that what you would you be more afraid of? That. That's a very interesting question. Of chatting somebody up who looked very very young, and then as soon as you take their cloak off. They've got an old woman's body. Why not write in to <laughs> Dear Film Fandango or go to our website, our website filmfandango.com where you can talk about whether you find having a young head and an old body is scary and having a young body and an and old head. head. Do uh, Rip Torn is the baddie in this as well. Yes. And for I, I forget the actor's uh, name but the guy who plays Seth who is... Um, the black guy with the big staff. He's been in a lot. He is Admiral Fitz Wallace in Beastmaster uh, in uh, West Wing. John Amos. That's it. John Amos. He's excellent. I think he's got he's got quite a sort of Romanesque uh, face, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's, he's great. People would recognise him. He's a properly good uh, part of your gang sort of a yeah. guy. Isn't he's in he? Die Hard Two. That's it. Coming yeah. to America, and then. Uh, loads and loads of terrible straight-to-video <laughs> films. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure he's had a nice time, though. Yeah. I expect he enjoyed making Doctor Doolittle 3 the most, or Voodoo Moon. Voodoo Moon? Yes, he was in Voodoo Moon. Is that a moon where if you poke pins in it, then a very round it Sounds person. interesting. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um... Well, why not look him up? You may have seen him in an episode of The Rockford Files. He's very good in it as well. Fresh though. Prince of Bel-Air. He's in everything. <laughs> he is in everything. He he owns McDowell's in uh, Coming to America. Um, what was I going to say? Are you a fan of this genre anyway? Like, I, I grew up loving films like Willow as well. And I would argue Star Wars is this genre rather than sci-fi. It's closer to this genre. It feels quite uh, as though it could be set on the Star Wars planet. Yes. Um, because it's just quite a dusty stretch. It's very Californian desert, actually, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It, it, it's cuts. To, there's something in. The, I was thinking there's something 
likeable about it because they're films that are a certain level of bad that make them watchable. Yeah. And because the lead is taking it so seriously... But I love how foolish he looks when he tries to seduce the woman. It, because... Oh, so the, you, it's really... It's, it's awkward, but the, the director knows that. You know, it's and the comedy I think's played quite well with the cat not joining in with his really that was sad the worst routine. It was just him being literally trying to it was overtly sexual. Like, yeah, so yeah, basically yeah. a sexual assault where he just tries to get off with her. I mean, it was the it was slightly different, but but he isn't made to look cool out of it. That's my point. You know, mm. it's it's sort of like oh dear, he's he's not he's not doesn't know much about women. Um, I don't know. I there's just something very charming about this film. I. I'm not a huge fan. I quite enjoy it. It's been different to watch. And I can see why it's, sort of, it's sort of non-offensive. I just give it five marics. I mean, that's quite rude. But I still, I still enjoy it. It's, it's, it feel, it's good. It's very different in the feel of it from a lot of modern films. Yeah, I yeah. like the innocence of it. And I, I, I like the way it felt that some people just said, just, yeah, go ahead and do that. Do that weird bit. Just go for it. Have these monsters in I it. I think it's really creative. I think I think every, it doesn't have a bit where you just go, oh, this bit, right, and get on with it. You know, I think it it does this genre very, very well. There, there are bits that bore the pants off me in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And yeah. there's none of this that does. You know, I, I, really, I really enjoy every bit of it. There's some really weird editing choices as well. Like there's a bit where he rescues Kiri and the slave girls from uh, the priests down by the river, and, and they all disappear. They all disappear yeah. suddenly. There's suddenly only Kiri is there. Yeah. And there's another bit where he, um, it's not really a spoiler. He uh, he destroys a counterweight system in order to drop a big rock skull uh, over an escape route so that his friends can get away. So he's left to face uh, the baddies on his own. And moments later, Kiri just walks out from behind the rock. And he, just because they go, no, we'd rather she was there for this bit. But they haven't really worked out how. Yeah. You know, there's just odd little bits, but I don't mind them. I genuinely don't mind them. It's just like, oh, they're doing their best on this. You know? It's not, it's not, although the main story is predictable. Yeah. What happens in the film, you know, you know that. that is not predictable. Yeah. The choices they make and the things it gets. It ends twice, points, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because they, they defeat the baddie and then there's another baddie and a whole big battle. But the thing yeah. with the, the tar moat and everything, I think it's great. Well, I think it's definitely worth watching as a piece of folklore. <laughs> do you like do you like these films, though? That's why I'm, I'm not especially you, fond of them. Did you watch Willow as a kid? I did. I think I was a bit older when Willow came out. Right. I didn't mind Willow. The Princess Bride I quite like. Um... Princess Bride is almost a parody of this stuff, though, isn't it? Yeah. Really, and it's weird that that is the most famous example of this from that period. You know, they just weren't really made. You know, Tolkien well, was a thing in in, but in there books. There was Krull and stuff like that, and all that. That was weird. Krull was after Krull was this. always on. Uh, yeah, it was slightly after. I did really enjoy Krull. I should I should have rewatched Krull. Yeah, I, I don't enjoy Krull in the same way. I think it's a bit. Duff. I just don't find it as charming, really. But it's probably just about what you watch when you're that young, you know, and impressionable. Crow was 1983, and this was 82. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there was a little, little uh, sort of uh, 
boon in a little England. fantasy boon. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting. It's the same writer director as Phantasm, the series that I've not seen, but I've heard are sort of. It's a horror genre that's sort of equally B movie esque. Yeah. Oh, Hawk the Slayer. That's the other one. That was uh, from 1980. Have you seen that? I haven't. I've heard about that it. That was the, the one I was all getting. Oh, and Conan the Barbarian, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're very D and D, aren't they? Yeah, I just think it's, it's there's a whole load of them in that little three or four year gap that can never really be reproduced in that quality. So why don't you watch it? Why don't you all watch it right now? Now I think it's time for this. Scott has written in to us about Tarantino. He says, Dear Marek, David, Buddy, and insert guest name here, Christoph Waltz as SS Commander Hans Lander voice, please. Oh, Christ. That's um, that's Inglorious Bastards, isn't yeah. it? What do you speak like? like... Just, he does the same voice and everything, really. Yes. Yeah, it started like this. <laughs> that's not Christoph Waltz. Um, He's very, he's very Austrian and sort of... But he's not camp. It's quite hard to do, I think. Just do that. Just do Okay. I recently revisited Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. It seemed like an age since he produced a tight, well-paced film. I would argue Inglorious Bastards was his last completely satisfying film. Inglorious Bastards contains many well-written and performed scenes that are so infused with tension, e.g. the opening scene and bar scene. Tarantino seems to have become an over-indulgent show-off filmmaker that seems more concerned with showing the audience about how much he knows about various genres rather than getting on with it. In other words, he is in danger of disappearing up his own ass. Do you agree? Keep watching the films. Scott from Adelaide in Australia... Uh, thank you, Scott. Now, I I got a bit bored of Tarantino, so I'm not up to date with his films. I actually really rate Inglorious Bastards. I think it's great. Um, it's got it's basically some a series of short plays, but tight plays, like really one room bottle episode, really tightly. And you're right, incredibly tense scenes. And the two we mentioned are the highlights. I think the uh, the opening one with Christoph Waltz in the cottage. And then the Michael Fassbender in the basement bar, and for me the the film falls down with its slightly less interesting stuff with Brad Pitt and his team of Nazi hunters. It's a bit too it gets, high camp. Yeah, it is, and it gets a bit silly, which is a shame because the stuff in the cinema is actually incredibly powerful. I yeah. think it's just phenomenal uh, with the the cinema owner and her plan. Um, it's it's, it's, it's t- great. It's totally ridiculous with the, his. It's very funny, but yeah. it's totally ridiculous. I think so. I think I've said this before. I watched when I first saw *Inglorious Buses Blown Away*. I watched it again, and upon revisiting it, I think it's what uh, I think it's got two of the best, two of his best ever scenes, yeah. and that's it. The rest really? of them isn't as good. Yeah, it's just those two scenes are amazing. Yeah, and I then *Django Unchained* I saw and I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was. Great. Yeah. I thought I, I, it was starting, as Scott says, it was starting to become overindulgent. Like the scene in around the dinner table just bored me. I was like, this isn't, and they're not charismatic enough, or certainly the parts they're playing on. I'm not just the fact I'm looking at Leonardo DiCaprio 
talk isn't enough to keep me entertained. This has got to be a better script. I'm I love him to do uh, Tarantino's do an English costume drama <laughs> where he has to. It's all about what's not said. Yeah. There's not places. There's no speeches. All every everything's underdone. Everything's really quite tight and sort of. Uh, kept back from yeah. view and see if he could direct that. That would be fascinating. Because you saw Hateful Eight, didn't you? Hateful Eight is exactly the same. Really? You could just, it's just, oh, here we go. Here's some people. People who get shot. You build, they all go to one room. It's just, all we're trying to do is to have this, they all seem to finish exactly the same way. This big, small room or, you know, shootout, mm. is it, which is a sort of multi-faceted sort of uh, standoff. Mexican standoff. Yeah, yeah, but with uh, maybe... A lot of few more Mexicans. Yeah, I mean he's he's done a lot of good films. Tarantino, in my book, I mean Reservoir Dogs, obviously Pulp Fiction, fantastic. Jackie Brown is underrated. It's a oh, very it's good really film. Good, yeah, very good film. Um, but just dump Sam. Stop giving Samuel Jackson the same part and the same speeches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just weakens all the previous things. Yeah, yeah, it and does. do something that doesn't end in a shootout. He is different in Django Unchained. To be fair, Sam Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, but. I just think you shouldn't use him as a your motif. I think is a mistake. Yeah. 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 We, who else is written? The next letter. I wonder if people will stop calling letters letters after a time in the future. Our children's children. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Rob Marlin, football player, written in. What does Rob want? And this is dated back from the. Th- we're we're about a month behind on our letters so if you have written and we haven't got you yet do not worry but we, you may have slipped through the net because our system is flawed very <laughs> flawed Rob hi chaps I recently watched Emma Wheelie's documentary pick recently King of Kong about the rivalry between two middle aged Donkey Kong plague dorks afterwards I was recommended Man vs Snake the twisted nibbler, tale of Nibbler the premise is pretty similar to King of Kong a former champion on the arcade game, Nibbler, what a brilliant name, tries to break his own childhood record after he finds out it may have been smashed by an Italian kickboxer. Unlike Donkey Kong, which always crashes out when a player reaches level 22, Nibbler keeps going. This means that to beat a record of a billion points, our hero must play non-stop for two days. It's utter lunacy. You'll be glad to hear that Billy Mitchell, aka American Genius, is back from the King of Kong as an eccentric video game referee Walter Day it possibly lacks the hard divisional films but it's full of hilariously uh, twisted and hilariously petty politics you can rent it on iTunes for £3.50 that sounds great that what sound a great, great name Nibbler Nibbler King um, of Kong is a really good one to watch and Billy Mitchell is one of the best villains of recent years isn't it incredible wonderful creation well a wonderful real man a terrible man terrible real man this is from Colin Gilder Hey chaps, been listening to the podcast for a long time and thought it was finally time to drop you an email. With two small children, getting to the cinema proves tricky. The last film I watched in full at the cinema was The Avengers. Marvel's not Connery in a bear suit. (laughs) Everything else I've had to watch on home release. Or miss the ending of Generic Kids Animation number 237, when one of the kids gets bored and needs to be entertained. So with that in mind, here's a few films that I've watched recently from the various streaming services. Contact. Found its way onto Amazon Prime recently, so had to watch it again. Such a good movie. Jodie Foster is excellent, and the supporting cast are great too. 
now that we have Interstellar and other sci-fi movies, it was good to watch an intelligent sci-fi movie for a change. Nine Collins. Have you seen Contact? No, never seen it. It's excellent. It's excellent. Should watch it. And really interesting uh, special effects, like really push the envelope on it in terms of you don't even know they're there. Like Beastmaster. Like Beastmaster with uh, with that eye thing going on. Uh, he continues, Misery Loves Comedy. Kevin Pollock's movie about comedians. It's a great documentary and well worth watching. The interviewees actually like Kevin, so it feels like a podcast conversation in that respect. He seems to get quite a bit of information out of them. Eight Collins. Not heard of that. Precinct 7-5. A compelling documentary about police corruption in New York's 75th precinct during the 80s. Amazing to see the levels of corruption that a small group of officers fell to. Well worth a viewing. Seven Collins. And He Never Died. Henry Rollins plays a man who cannot die. There's more to it, but spoiler alert, etc. It's very violent, but has a great dark sense of humour running through, throughout. Eight Collins. I've talked about He Never Died. Mm. Uh, it, it is, Henry Rollins is really engaging as a leading man, actually. Surprising for a musician, but he's mm. good. I've just noticed that Sicario and Creed are now on Netflix too, so I'll be giving those a watch soon. Just need to get through my annual five-season uh, pilgrimage with The Wire. We'll wait for your next streaming services roundup podcast as they are always a great help. Thanks for all the recommendations and keep what, making the podcast about watching the films. And Marek, keep up with the vlogs. Oh, yes. Yes, my pointless comedy vlogs. I've been making videos on YouTube to try and reinvent my career. Uh, not reinvent, restart. I went to a YouTube, I was telling Dave before I went to a YouTube uh, meeting in London um, only last week. I was the oldest person there by about 10 years. I felt like shooting myself. Okay, next letter. (laughs) (laughs) You've broken yourself. Oh my word. What is it? We've just hit the mother load. What do you mean? Is it Chris Webb? It's Chris Webb. What does he want? Chris Webb, for long-term listeners, is... I mean, he used to write in quite a lot, and now... He's probably concentrating on being a father. And a few weeks ago, I said about where's Chris Webb. He's no longer becoming our main yeah. fan. Other people, like Martin Appleyard, yeah. started writing a lot. He's been challenging the Chris Webb. Anyway, Chris Webb's He's subject, fighting back. I'm not dead. <laughs> Message. Dear David Merrick, Buddy and Danielle, if you're home from Edinburgh, thanks so much for your con- sincere concern for my well-being. I'm very much alive and well. I was going to send you a note for your fifth anniversary episode on fifth anniversary on episode two hundred and sixty, but seeing as you threatened my status as top psycho fan, I thought I'd better do something sooner. The truth is, I've written in so much in the past. I've spunked all my semi-interesting film chat and have nothing to contribute. Luckily, friend of the show Frank James kindly suggested I ask you to recast the nineteen eighty six classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Trouble is. I don't actually like the film. <laughs> Not through lack of quality. I've heard it's good. I, I'm disposed to dislike it because I'm a guy who used to share a house with... W- w- because... Uh, sorry, I'm really probably... I'm disposed to dislike it because a guy who used to share a house with in Portsmouth Polly was a complete twat who, in addition to generally being a dickhead, would en- endlessly quote from the film and repeatedly play it to the household on my Betamax player. So much so that I can't stand it. Even now, 26 years later, I've tried to watch it, but immediately got a strange Pavlovian response where I couldn't sit through it. I just kept picturing the knob from Portsmouth shouting, Fry, fry, swing, bada, bada. (laughs) 
in my face for 90 minutes. So I have two questions for you. One, who would you cast as Ferris, Sloane Peterson and Cameron Fry in a 2016 remake? Two, what is the stupidest reason you have for not liking a film? Does Marek really hate superhero films or was he inappropriately handled during a screening of X-Men and has been traumatised ever since? Or is it because they're generally shit? That's loads of questions. Thanks for still being the finest podcast on my iPod and please keep watching the films. My wife bought me a film Fantango t-shirt for my birthday so hopefully you'll get some popcorn or something like that next time you go. Normal voices please. Love from Chris. Oh, it's so nice to hear from you, It's lovely to hear from Chris. And of course, his wife has got him the greatest gift money can buy by going to redbubble.com and searching for Film Fandango where you can get all sorts of merchandise uh, from us now. Nobody ever does. But you're welcome to buy stuff if you want it. You can buy tights. Really? You can buy Film Fandango tights. Once a year. One annual sale. Yeah, we we usually sell one t-shirt or a hoodie every year. But that's fine. If you want to support the podcast, you can donate on the website. Yeah, that, that we get more money, frankly, if you donate rather. But if you want a t-shirt, buy one. Uh, but you can donate by going to filmfandango.com and clicking on the donate button. That's the only way we can keep affording to go uh, watch all these films. Um, and everyone who has done, thank you. Thank you yes, very thank much. Thank you. Um, so, uh, uh, what was Chris's question? So we moved on right, from those. Right, so who would you cast as Ferris, Sloan, Peterson and Cameron Fry? I was never a big fan of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know. I, I, I know it. I know it's... Uh, um, you were in the same university as Chris Webb. Uh, no, no, I was not. Um, I certainly didn't have a Betamax player at university. There, I, I can sympathise with because you watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off and you think, oh, it's going to be really, really great. But then you don't necessarily ever really enjoy it because I think there's an underlying stress that uh, Cameron Fry's character's got. Yeah. That his car is being... Yeah. And the fact he's going to get caught the whole time. And Matthew Broderick in it is a penis, I would say. I agree. I mean, he's got a leopard print um, waistcoat on, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a dick in it. Yeah. So who would you cast as a dick? A complete penis these days. A young penis. Uh, a young... Let me try and think of a young... <laughs> I think we'd, we'd uh, gender split it and Miley Cyrus would play Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I do quite like Sloane Peterson. She was pretty. And also a good person. <laughs> Who would you have as that? Uh, How many young people are you aware of? I would have Dev Patel. Yeah? As Fe- as Ferris. Okay. And who would you have as Cameron? Um, Bear in mind that when he grows up, he then has to be in the remake of Speed. Yes. Uh, I think he should have been... Uh, we said it before... He should have got a lot more work than that too. He was brilliant in this. He, he was in a series called Spin City with Michael J. Fox for oh, years. Oh, yes. Who would you, who's quite a worrying, sort of stressful character? How young are they in that? I don't know. I'd have Michael McIntyre playing... <laughs> playing, uh, uh, playing an 18-year-old boy. Yeah, because he's got the similar sort of eyes as the camera for He doesn't really open his eyes properly. Sure. A bit like French Stewart. Do you remember French Stewart? A bit like Renée Zellweger before she had her eyes opened. That's right. She still squints oddly. Does she? Yeah, very strange. Oh, how odd, how odd. She's back, isn't she, in the new Bridget Jones Yes, yeah, she is. She's, she's going to be back in it and enjoy it, hopefully. Mm. Well, that's about it for letters, isn't it? We yeah, that's about it for letters. We're now going to talk about the sequel to Beastmaster, um, Through the Portal of Time. Now... Nine years passed between the two of them. Yes. You say it was 1991. 
this film uh, was taken away from the creator, um, so it, it does not involve the director slash writer. It was directed by the producer of the first one, and it's the only thing he's ever directed. And the reason we wanted to talk about this, because it's taking a fantasy genre, fantasy story, and for the sequel, having them go through a portal into modern-day L.A., um, is so weird. <laughs> I um, thought it this like my, let's let's. It's incredible. It, it is incredible, but you have to watch the Beastmaster. Yes, to understand why it's incredible. Because Mark Singer, I've looked it up. He was thirty-four when he made Beastmaster. He was my age, and he he looked pretty good for it. You know. Yeah. So this is nine years later. He's forty-two, and he's closer to my age. Yeah, and he's wearing a wig. And still being forced to run around in his pants. Um, his tiger is no longer black. They've stopped dying yeah. Rue. It's the same character. Um, Co- Podo and Kodo are back. That would um, be different ones. There's a though. different eagle. Yeah. You know, these, this is quibbling. But it's basically the exact plot of Masters of Master of the Masters of the Universe. What was it called? The oh, He Man really? film with Dolph Lundgren, where they use the key to yeah. open a gateway into modern-day LA where they meet Courtney Cox, who's there with her car. Um, it's, it's, but it came afterwards. So it's so weird. They try and, the, the plot revolves around Dar's half-brother who's evil, who wasn't in what the is, first what one. What is great is that the, the first bit... But it bears no relevance. Because I didn't know what was going to happen in Beastmaster 2. Right. We've almost brought the shock of yeah. when you watch the first thing. Oh, it's going to be another sword and sorcery film, and no, it isn't. It is one of the most mental excursions. <laughs> so uh, weird that, that you think did no one stop and ask any questions at any point? But they just it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's gone very camp performances. So camp, like, and it's called through uh, through the portal of time, and they at no point go through a time portal. They go through a portal to a parallel dimension. They don't travel through time. Um, it's it's so and so they do the whole crocodile Dundee thing. It's like, like he, what is this strange beast that moves without horses? I guess that all of this shit. But Beastmaster befriend, bef, bef, befriends a girl, a young girl. What's quite refreshing is there's nothing really sort of sexual in their relationship. She's no. just a young sort of teenager. But he's now playing who is, as, who, is me, who is mental. Yes, because she's just not completely indifferent to the fact she's gone for a time portal yeah, yeah, yeah. and always been shot and people have got nuclear weapons but and... he's now playing a completely different character as well he's basically yeah. playing a borderline retarded man yeah um, it's really odd and the the villains as well it's the woman from uh, the one who plays the witch is Sarah Douglas she's she... the woman in um, Superman 2 yes she's one of the evil uh, along with Terence Stamp she's one of the three and evil the big people. one who doesn't yeah. speak yeah uh, so the story is, <laughs> uh, Dar's brother, who you haven't even realised he had, Dar gets into a fight with a monster, yeah, and then the monster recognises the branding on his hand and goes into a five-minute exhibition, ex, um, exposition, which is the setup to the entire. But the film. monster says it's like the king's brother or something. Yeah, that's not even. I mean, it's irrelevant, isn't yeah. it? And then explains everything, and then a witch who has nothing to do with these guys 
shows them a portal to LA. Yeah, which is and and so um, Dar's evil brother decides that he's going to get a nuclear reactor from LA and bring that back in so he can control the world. That's right. Meanwhile, Sarah Douglas, who's the bad one from Superman Two, is almost. Like a widow twanky sort of panto person, <laughs> yes. making inappropriate sort of calf, not really quips. I'd say they quips about her cleavage and other things. Doesn't she do a um, he got the point joke at one point after a man is stabbed? Like it's that sort of um, it's sort of Roger Moore era Bond kind of crap. Yeah, but really bad talking to camera. But they're all. <coughs> and it's not James Avery, who is uh, people will know as uh, the dad in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He's the police. He's the police officer, and the whole thing. Did you notice? For no reason at all, ends in a zoo. Other than zoos have a lot of animals in. Yeah. But there's no reason for the baddie to go to the zoo at all. And also, the Beastmaster doesn't use the fact he's in a zoo. Either, I mean that would have been, that's a huge strategic advantage if yeah. you're the beastmaster being surrounded by beasts. Yeah, doesn't use any of them. It's really weird. It's thoroughly enjoyable. It is, but it's for re- utterly different it's reasons. It's been really panned this film. What? Well, yeah, it is shit. No, but I, mean, I really thought this should be on in bad film clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much weird stuff going on, and so uh, uh, please watch. Please watch the Beastmaster so you can enjoy Beastmaster Two in the full for what it is—a film by someone who's drunk and and got, had brain damage. It and feels like it's made it. by people on coke to me. Do you know what I mean? It's pe- people who don't really believe in anything and don't th- and don't think anything's really very good. So it's all got to have this sort of. Uh, slight hint of we know it's shit guys about the entire thing do you know what I mean it, it's not trying to create a world it's trying to copy 1980s films other things basically but I really liked it did you I was really surprised they were still making this film in, in, in 1991 yeah it's way behind the time yeah. isn't it it's trying to be a bit sort of back to the future it's trying to be a bit masters of the universe it's trying to be a bit crocodile dundee but it's way behind the curve like, what else was coming out in 91? Terminator 2? It's around, around that, that time, time. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the tone of it is really refreshing and fun. <laughs> it's non-offensive. Yeah. And it's stupid. The bad guys were ridiculous. Like, there's an entire extended bit in a, uh, in a department store where they he's go, they, shopping for clothes. They, the first thing they do is they go clothes shopping. For ages. Yeah. <laughs> he cuts back to it like three times. Um, yeah, it's really weird. It's really it's nothing to do with the Beastmaster, but what's sort of wonderful is that Mark Singer's agreed to do it. He's agreed, and he can meet, he's got a fr- odd 18-year-old rich girlfriend who they go around and have a nice buffet that the butler's made with yeah, the animals. That's right. Uh, uh, the butler, who's what was his name? I forget. Wendell. Yeah. Wendell the Butler. It's Carrie Wooer who was in Anaconda and uh, Eight Legged Freaks and stuff. I bet they had a real laugh making it. Yeah. And it's. If you're ever feeling slightly depressed, uh, this is exactly the sort of film you want to watch. It is so dumb. Um, yeah. 
But did you, so you, don't, you prefer Beastmaster? Of you course didn't. I do. Yeah, 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 of course I do, because I like a proper film. But it's uh, because Beastmaster's a film and this is a sideshow. I think. Well, well, I think I enjoyed the, watching I'm, this more than Beastmaster. Well, of course. I mean, because Beastmaster is a kids' film, and that you was just something that you can't get watching a beloved kids' film as an adult. You know, you just can't. Mm. You're not allowed in. You know, because um, you're not. Images don't give you just wonder and awe. You're just like, what? Oh, amazing. I've never seen anything like that before in my entire life. Whereas yeah. we've seen everything now. Everything is stale. Yeah. Boring. So you want something that doesn't take anything seriously when yeah. you're older. No, definitely. What I should add to this, that I tracked down, they made a third one, Beastmaster what? 3, uh, which I watched as well. I wasn't even aware of this until one of our listeners pointed it out on Facebook. So I'm just going to look it up so I don't uh, mislead you about what it's called or anything. But it's called Beastmaster 3, The Eye of Braxus, and it was made in 1996. Now, if you think the production values of Beastmaster 2 are low, this looks like porn. <laughs> like it's shot... Is it, though? Is, it, is there lots of knockers? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It feels like... Did you ever watch the spin-off of Xena Warrior Princess? No. Called Hercules. Um, it's exactly like that. Uh, where it's it's high camp, it's nonsense. They've managed to get David Warner to be the bad guy in it. Um, he's a fantastic actor from the B-movies period of horror films, you know, but he's also the villain in Time Bandits. Oh, he's the one who gets his head chop- chopped off in The Omen. That's right, yes. Uh, he, and he's bloody good, but he's doing his best in this. But it's... Okay... If Mark Singer is still, still Mark in it. Singer is still in it, still in his loincloth, now in 96. Um, Mid-40, close to 50. Yeah. Um, his hair's back to his, his real hair, but it's now thinning, rather than a wig. Uh, Rue, the black tiger that turned into a normal tiger, is now a lion. <laughs> okay. Turned into a lion. Kodo and Bodo are still there. Um, and it's about... Uh, David Warner trying to combine two parts of an amulet classic swords and sorcery in order to stop growing old and um, he ends up releasing a demon that looks exactly like the dad from that sitcom uh, dinosaurs do you remember no no do you remember it was in the 90s there was a animatronic dinosaur sitcom with dinosaurs wearing uh, check shirts. Mm, I can't remember. Anyway, it was made by Henson. Anyway, it looks like that. But, um... Casper... Is it good? No. It's complete trousers. Like, it feels like television. It's shot like television. You know, they're just covering it. There is no... Uh, there's no flair in the fact they're making a film anymore. It just goes on. Seth is back in it again, but played by a different guy. Um, and... The young boy from the first Beastmaster film, uh, Tal, who's yeah. his half-brother, yeah. is now played by Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers. Oh, really? Oh, and Seth is, a, is played by the guy who was a Candyman, right? That's right, it's played by Candyman. Um, and there's another very spunky witch in it who's always flirting with people. Uh, Great. Yeah. Worth watching? Uh, absolutely not, no. I, I mean, if you, if you want to see the descent of a franchise into just farce then but, be- but Beastmaster it. 2 is worth watching as, as a yeah I mean Beastmaster 2 manages to preserve that 80s sense of fun 
because it's copying things that had it. Yeah. Uh, and this one now feels like a crappy TV show. Or, or it's been made by out of work Californian actors. Yeah. Um, with crews who are used to shooting porn. That's what it. Because it, again, it's it heavily features Californian desert, but it no longer looks cinematic. Like the first one, at least, looks like a film. You mm. know, there are the shots have been chosen. You know, to tell a story and stuff. But no, it, it's sad to see that it's come to this. But it, it's it's still sort of fun but it's a proper B movie by this point a pr- it's no- you would never imagine it would be released in cinema well that's about it we've beat on Beastmaster now that's it that's all the Beastmaster you get we'll be back next week talking about you know other films um, but in the meantime if you'd like to get in touch then please go to filmfandango.com and follow the links from there fill in the box and we'll get your message and read it out on the show keep watching films bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.